Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Welcome to the Phoenix 5-0 show. I'm your host, Ryan Cody, brought to you by the Public Affairs Bureau here at the Phoenix Police Department. Alongside uh, co-host, Lieutenant Vince Lewis, once again, we appreciate you being here. Absolutely, thank you. And we have uh, a very important topic to talk about this week because we are just wrapping up a National Public Safety Telecommunicators Week. And we wanted to highlight all the great work that our Communications Bureau is doing. So in order to do that, we have two special guests. Uh, We have Myla Marovit, um, who is a shift supervisor in the Communications Bureau, as well as Amy Kubasik who is also here uh, from the Communications Bureau. And we appreciate your time, especially I know it's a it's a busy week, as it usually is. It is. Thank you for having us and giving us this opportunity to talk about what we do and highlight some of the work that our um, Bureau does. So does anything change because it's National Public Safety Commun- Commun- Telecommunicators Week? Yeah, we uh, have a lot more fun this week. Um, you know, in the midst of doing all the work that we normally do, um, we give our operators an opportunity to dress down a little bit. Um, we have a theme every day, and so there could be opportunities for costumes or, you know, just dressing a little bit different. We provide as much food as we can for them because dispatchers and happy operators are fed operators. Um, we have games that we play throughout the day um, and, you know, just try to make it a lighthearted, as, as lighthearted as possible and and recognize the work that they do, make them feel special um, because they have a, a difficult job where they're, you know, dealing with some very um, serious situations. So as much as they're dealing with that, we want to also help them understand that we appreciate them, that we recognize the difficult job that they do, the the service that they provide, and the sacrifice that they make on a daily basis. Yeah, and an incredibly important job as well. We appreciate all your hard work. Um, Amy, can you tell us about how many how many nine one one calls uh, this bureau takes every year? Yeah, we take a a, a little over two million calls a year, um, and so they take Crime Stop calls and nine one one calls. Um, it's we're the fifth largest city in the nation, so we do have a high call volume. Yeah, and I was reading about two hundred and forty million calls nationwide. So to hear two million in just Phoenix alone, you can really get a gauge on how large of a city we are. Not all of those calls end up with an officer responding to a location, though, too. You folks handle some of that right off the top with your knowledge and experience, correct? About 70% of the calls that come in, um, we deal with. We don't send officers out. We either refer them off to other resources that um, they may need, and it doesn't warrant an officer actually being sent out there. So about 30% is what actually are getting through for officers to respond on. So when I came on in 1998 and I started as a police instructor in 2003, but one of the first topics I started instructing was um, crisis intervention, helping officers connect with resources in the mental health community. Uh, we also partner with a, uh, a resource at the Communications Bureau. Is that correct? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, that is correct. Um, we have always partnered with uh, the crisis hotline, um, but in 2019, we made a very um, concerted effort to try to recognize more of these mental health-related calls that maybe an officer does not need to respond on, 
a better resource would be a mental health specialist. And so if we can work through those calls, our operators ask specific questions about mental health. They want to make sure, uh, first and foremost, that the situation is safe. So they'll ask about weapons. They may ask about any crime that has, has been committed. They'll ask about um, any potential violence. If all of those answers are no, then we can start thinking about, is there a better response? And that could be a mental health response. So we tr uh, do transfer over to our um, partners at the crisis hotline. A lot of the calls that will qualify just as a mental health related call, get them over to the specialist, get them over to the person who can spend more time with them than our uh, 911 public safety emergency operator would. They can take some time and, and really um, figure out what the need is for that person. So yes, it's that's very important work that we're doing, um, and we're seeing some good success with it. You want to connect the caller with the proper care and the level of care that they're going to get. So many people call, and, they're, and we say this a lot on their worst day of their lives, they don't know who else to call. So they call 911, and the first responder that they speak to is actually over the phone, and that's you all. Correct. 911 um, kind of is just the catch-all for everything. Um, you know, as an operator years ago, I would take um, people who were having plumbing emergencies. I mean, people just don't understand sometimes what 911 really is for. Um, and, you know, we look at it as police emergency, um, medical emergency, fire emergency, and we're even looking at it as mental health emergencies now, recognizing that it's not a police officer we're sending out, not a firefighter we're sending out, but we could use the resources of the mental health um, professional. We talk about like the evolution of this business and public safety. So what that you know, that that's providing new services uh, in the last several years and what you're saying to to provide mental health services as well, but also just where these phone calls are coming from. So maybe 15 years ago, you talk about everything coming from a landline. Now, most of us are walking around with a cell phone. So are there any challenges involved with um, your calls coming in from a cell phone as opposed to a landline? The cell phones have be definitely been a game changer. First of all, one of our highest uh, types of calls that we receive are just pocket dials. And so that has um, created a little bit of a challenge for us really to try to figure out, okay, if the phone if the phone call is coming in, we're not hearing anything, do we need to try to, you know, send an officer out? Um, fortunately, the technology is better these days, um, and we often know a general vicinity of where a person is calling when they call from a cell phone, but it's not exact. So when you are calling and we can talk to you, um, we'll want to know your exact location. Uh, the technology for the cell phones, um, they hit off of cell towers. And so it'll hit kind of the closest cell tower. If it's a, a good location, it's within, you know, a, a smaller area. If it's, it, or it could be just showing us a very large area and we won't know where you are. So it's very important for you to try to tell us first thing um, where is your emergency? And that's how we answer the phone. As a matter of fact, 911, what's the location of your emergency? So that we can determine where you are and then try to determine what type of help you need. So yes, cell phones are great. Um, they, do, they do come with their own challenges, but that is the majority of the calls that we're receiving these days are from cell phones. Along those lines, Amy, what, what kind of advice could you give someone who's going to be calling 911, how they can help you make the situation go a little more smooth. Just be prepared to give your location. So when you're in an emergency, it can be really difficult to be aware of where you're at. But if if you can take a second and think about where you're at, think about the address. If you're 
If you're too frantic and you're at a house, looking for a piece of mail is a good way to see that address and put it back in your mind and be able to share that. Um, and then just be prepared to answer questions. It can Again, it's difficult when you're frantic, but um, they're, they're going to ask you specific questions, and those questions are tailored to us getting you the right response quickly. So 2 million calls, or just around 2 million calls. And let's just say I'm a caller at home and I'm not a police officer, but let's just say I see something and I really don't know whether I should call. I know you're busy. Um, do I call? I would always err on the side of caution and make that phone call. They'll be quick to tell you that we've got a call in for it already. Um, they'll still ask you your name and your phone number um, if you witnessed the accident or, or whatever the incident was. Um, but yeah, err on the side of caution. And, and a lot of times I'll like, we'll go through some of these calls and hear some of them. And people are always like, you're going to send someone, you're going to send someone. Um, you're already sending someone, right? Like once that phone call even goes through. Uh, we have a priority system, so it just depends on what's going out on out there. If it's a, if it's a high priority call and you've got a, a crime in progress, you've got somebody with a weapon. Yes. Help is on the way almost immediately. Um, if you've got a situation that has the potential for violence, um, but it, it's not going on right now, then there may be a delayed response and, and we're going to gather the information from you and then put the call in and have the officer respond. Then we've also got our report type call. So it, it depends on what the situation is as to how quickly the officer is going to respond. But th going back to what Amy said, uh, there's going to be, we're going to ask you a lot of questions because we want to know what's going on out there. We want the officer, we want to understand how quickly we need to get out there we want the officers to know what they're responding to. So as Amy said before, just be prepared to answer the questions. Um, we're not trying to delay anything, but we have to gather and, and see what the big picture is that's happening out there. I also want to ask you about text 911, because that's a relatively new thing. Um, I'm not sure maybe all of our listeners even know that you can text 911. How does that work? Yes, you can definitely text the number 911. You would you know, in the message, say what, what you need. Um, we've, you can report uh, accidents through 911. We, we really, if at all possible, we really do want to talk to you. That is the best way to communicate that information. But we understand that there may be situations, either you aren't verbal and you cannot talk. Texting is a great way to report things and get help from uh, officers and, and paramedics and firefighters. Um, if you're in a situation where you just cannot talk, you need to remain quiet because you don't want somebody to know that you're calling 911. Texting is a very good um, resource for that. Um, so yes, use it if you can, if you need to. Uh, when the when the text comes through, there will be a conversation back and forth between the operator and the texter. Um, we're going to ask where you are, what's going on. You know, ask all the same questions that we would if we were talking to you, we were, we're going to ask those same questions via text. So I've been down to the work uh, to Elwood, what we call the communications bureau where you all are working. And I've seen a workstation for a telecommunications operator. Looks like the, the uh, cockpit of a space shuttle. You've got screens going in all kinds of different directions. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's really impressive. You all are some of the, the greatest, the greatest multitaskers that I've seen work uh, much better than me. Um, I've come from the Homeland Defense Bureau recently where we have real-time crime centers in development, but you all have been doing real-time crime research, uh, helping the officers on the street with real-time data and information. What are the kind of things that you are doing 
while you're taking the call, while you're talking with the officers? What help are you providing them in their response? There's a lot. Um, and you're right. We do have a lot of screens. There's seven screens over on the dispatch side. Um, so it's a lot to manage. I think that people who come into this field need to have some sort of, even if it's low-level technology skills, um, because you're going to be dealing with a considerable amount of technology. Some of the other things that they're doing, though, um, they're checking people for warrants. They're um, checking license plates to see if they're stolen. They're calling um, responsible parties out for alarms or any number of things, houses being broken into, um, businesses being broken into. So so they're managing the phone. They're managing uh, the radio if, if they're a dispatcher. Um, and they're managing everything that they're doing on the computer. So they also have to be responsible for looking at the status screen, which is um, in itself, it's very confusing to look at if you don't know what you're looking at. Uh, I will say, though, that um, we will train you to be very efficient in your job. So if you don't feel like you, you know, you don't have that skill, obviously people don't come in with it. But we have a 10-month training program, and we will give you the best of the best training. Um, so if you are interested in a job that would be in 911, we would highly encourage you to go onto the City of Phoenix website, apply. It's ongoing and always open. Um, it's a, a very good job where you can help the community uh, and feel very um, fulfilled in what you're doing. Definitely very important. So we appreciate your time. And happy National Public Safety Telecommunicators Week. Uh, it's a mouthful, uh, but you guys are great at, at talking and, and making sure that we are safe as a community. So for uh, Lieutenant Lewis, uh, Myla, Amy, thank you so much. Thank you. Know. You've been listening to 5 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.